Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of History by Hopkins. This is another segment uh, where I interview my friends from the service. This episode is my friend Jenna Ray. She's an amazing person. I've known her for a little over a decade now. We both served in the Navy and uh, met in A school. However, her story is a little bit different from people that you typically hear from in the service. Uh, She's one of many people who don't finish out their terms. And I think that that's a story worth telling because it happens very, very, very often. So I hope you enjoy this episode half as much as I enjoyed doing it. So enjoy. Oh, hello. Hi. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'm surprised that the link... Uh, we're recording right now, by the way. I'm I'm surprised that the link um, didn't give you shit. Like, it's given a lot of other people shit. Oh, yeah, no. I just opened it in Safari so I could keep using my phone. But, yeah, no. It's very Are you easy. good, brah? <laughs> so where are you right now? Uh, I am laying on my couch. In my no, bedroom. I meant like what? <laughs> I don't know. No, I meant like what town and like what state? Oh, that's very helpful. I bet. Um, I am in La Mesa, California, which is like a suburb of San Diego, California. Nice. But it's its own city. I don't know. You know. So, for the people who don't know, um, get your name. Oh, my name is Jenna Ray Rufin. Rufin. Yes, I am 30 years old, a new 30-year-old, and it feels good to be 30. I've been 30 since last July, and it's definitely, like, I like I always heard people say, like, your 30s are going to be different, you know, like, you're in the best part of your life, and I'm just like, I, I don't fucking believe you. I don't know if it's going to be, like, the best part of my life, but it definitely, like, I don't know. Mine, it's going to sound so bad. Mine is so, like, um, like, vis- like appearance-based. Like, I've been getting Botox for a year now, and I'm like, <laughs> I can finally just be 30, and it's, like, okay to look the way that I look. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I'm fat. I have wrinkles, but, like, ugh, 30 felt, it felt good to turn 30, because now it's, like, quote unquote okay to look that way which like I know it's not it's just like society's bullshit but it's like it th- the 30 feels like a good pair of jeans you know <laughs> I don't um, know for me all of my 20s were basically me trying to be a man and not really being a man and then hmm. like towards the end of my 20s I was just like oh I'm already a man it's fine like it I feel like my 30s is me having confidence is really all it is that's yeah yeah like i'm allowed to like be myself now exactly yeah it's so weird like oh my gosh i just put my phone in do not disturb and i keep getting (laughs) notifications i don't know how to No, it's all right if something like if a noise pops off or whatever don't worry about it okay Uh, just as long as like (laughs) the recording doesn't pick up the vibration then no dude don't worry about it okay pretty okay so fucking j ray (laughs) (laughs) Uh, where are you from originally? Oof, I am from Morning View, Kentucky, 
which is about Kentucky. Oh my god, it's so bad. I'm from. Let me let me just clarify that I'm from Northern Kentucky. Oh, Northern um, Kentucky. Even like we lived like in a you know in a double wide out in the fucking sticks, but it was still like you know a casual 15 minute drive to get to Cincinnati. Like <laughs> it was no 15. Oh, okay, so wait a minute. Are like, you, you're basically telling me you grew up like I did, like any Midwestern kid does, where like everywhere is like 15 to 20 minutes away. You have to have a car. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, even to like get to school, like if you missed the bus and you didn't have a car, like you were fucked. Hardcore. Yeah. Like oh my gosh. Yeah. Um there's no buses, there's no taxis, there's no it's just you Yeah, that was like the strangest thing of when I moved to San Diego was like even now where I live in San Diego, like I live out um it's like Rancho San Diego. So, you know, if anyone knows San Diego's geography, um, I live out near like Yamul and like the Yamul Casino, which is pretty far east. Um, and there's a bus service like way out, way out to like the reservations. And I'm like, how fucking legit is that? That like we are just like connecting all of San Diego. Like, yes. But, you know, fucking Kentucky can't get it together to get you know, disabled people to their doctor's appointments, but I think maybe that's a different podcast, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I remember in uh, Yokosuka, yeah. my apartment off base was like a train, like a train ride, but it was still like a fucking, like a 30 minute train ride. Jesus. And that, that didn't bother me though, because I, I was so used to like living in the Midwest, like that yeah. commute, like, 30 to 45 minutes is like normal for me. And I remember telling people on base how far away, like I, I had to, you know, come in from, and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, what, what? Like, it's like, it's hard. Like what? What? Like it's hard. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> wait, where are you from originally? And like, where is your closest big city? So I am from, and am currently back living in Northwest mm-hmm. Indiana. So I'm literally like 30 minutes away from Chicago. <gasps> My sister lives in Rensselaer. 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 Yeah, sure. That's where she lives. <laughs> yeah, Rensselaer. That's they have huge uh, Renaissance fairs there. Okay. Yeah, okay. I know yeah. Rensselaer. I go there for my hospice job. Every once in a blue moon. Oh my god, that is so crazy. Yeah, my mm-hmm. mom lives in. I want to say like concrete. No, she lives in Carbon, Indiana. The fuck! Oh I've god. never heard that. It's like it has to be away from my. It's an hour away from my sister. I know that much. It's where I'm at is weird because like none of a. So it's Indiana. So like nobody in Northwest Indiana is like a Colts fan. None of the Indiana teams matter. It's all about the Chicago teams. So if you're in like Northwest (laughs) Indiana, and everybody's a Bulls fan, fucking the Cubs, White Sox, and it's like you're you're in Indiana. Also like um you get a lot of like kids in high school who are like, you know what? I'm going to move away and it's going to be different. I'm going to go to Chicago. <laughs> it's like a 20 minute drive. And you're like, all right, Joseph, yeah. have fun in Chicago. <laughs> all right. Oh big dick God. swinging up in Chicago. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. Big question. Um, how long did you serve in the military? Oh my gosh. Um, I think it was, <laughs> don't laugh. I'm going to laugh anyway. Um, it's okay. I think it was like 366 days. Like it was literally like a year and a day. I just paid off my fucking 
whatever, like the VA tuition shit. Like you have to be in for a year. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. It happens. It does. It happens to a lot. Well, of that's people. why. That's why I wanted to interview you so bad. Is because like you, you, you know, I can interview however many people who are in for however long, but people get in and out in that in less time than you had actually all the time. In boot camp. I remember there was like, so I was in um a nine hundred division, and that's supposed to be like, I don't know, like the liberal arts divisions in boot camp. I don't know. Um, it's be- because I was in marching band. Um, but we had like a lot of, you know, like all the nukes who had like some type of degree, but didn't want to go officer, um, marching band people and like people who had done like JROTC, but like didn't take the JROTC path to the Navy, like, a, I don't know, a liberal arts. Yeah, whatever. Um, and there was like three, like three dudes who like none of the, none of the girls, which is ironic or maybe not, but, um, Sorry, my dog's growling. I don't even hear her. Um, but there was like three guys who just like got dropped, and they were, or I don't know, but it was just like, oh, where's this guy? Oh, he's going home. Oh, okay, great. Like, have fun. I think I had one guy dropped from my boot camp, and it was because he lied about like his, uh, like doing drugs or something like that. Mm, You gotta have a drug waiver to get in with drugs. Oh, and there was, I remember this one guy, we, we woke up and like, I don't know if you were um, in an all male division or if you were. I was all male division. Yeah. Okay. So we were. Obviously, all rifles. Okay. So we were obviously integrated and um, we would integrate into the, the males compartment across the hall every morning. And we went in one day and there was just some random guy sleeping on like an empty rack way at the, like the other end. Cause they only took up like half the racks and the other half was like the males of the other division across the hall of the females that we oh so they were like doing like a timeshare yeah literally so like the we were 929 so 927's men would come to our side and 929's women would go to their side I think I said that wrong but you get it but yeah there was just like this guy like sleeping on a rack one day and all the girls were like who are you what are you doing here and he was like oh uh I had to take a uh, emergency leave. I got a, a red cross notification. My grandpa died. So I got rolled back two weeks and we were all like, Oh, like, it was just... <laughs> and then somebody fucked him in the, uh, in the fucking, uh, the laundry room. <laughs> right. It's like, you just have to like, you got, you got pulled out of boot camp, and then you have to like get back into that mindset. I think he like, got yeah. Out of, like... After losing somebody. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just like, fuck that. Anyway. So yeah. what, what inspired you uh, to join up? Oh gosh, um, my my grandpa was in the navy, but I think he was in the navy in like the sixties, and I think it was very different back then. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah. back then was that was the like, shit to do. Yeah, yeah, but it was like the navy reserves, but also he would like. I don't know. The my grandma was a drunk, but I love her very much. Um, but I never understood like in what capacity my grandpa was in the navy. But I know he was in the reserves. But sometimes he would like go to the navy for a week, but still come home at like five p.m. every night. Like I don't know. So he was in, um, and just like my family was like very big on like pictures of everything. So it was just constantly like, hey, grandpa, what's this picture of? He's like, oh, that's me on a destroyer doing X, Y, and Z, and it's like the 
What were those, the blue, like the light blue uniforms on top and like the dark blue pants? Oh, I'm the utilities? Like, is that what, like, it was so old. Yeah, they look like fucking mailmen. Yes, but like just a Dixie cap and a cigarette. And he's just like hanging out on like the rail of this ship. And I was just like, my grandpa is the fucking coolest. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then I, this is all related, I promise. I tried to go to college and it turns out I wasn't super great at college. I'm still trying to go to college now and it's still, I'm still not super great at it, but now I have an actual Listen, goal. dude, if I had joined uh, and, and went to college, <laughs> um, I would not have made it. I needed to, to go through some shit in order to grow up to like apply myself to college. So yeah. don't feel bad. Yeah. I was just, I was also like, my dad had like, Oh my God, it was so bad. But my parents had just gotten a divorce. Like, me and my mom and my sister were moved around like three times. Like my parents got a divorce when I was 16. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it can't like all my mom's affairs came out and it was just like constant, like unbeknownst to me, but like we were like heavily living in trauma at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know. Well, when you're in that world, you're, you're, you're like focused on your shit. You're not really seeing the things around you. And you're also like 16, 17, 18. Like I didn't really care. I just knew you're in a fucking bubble fucked up now. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. It was very whatever. Um, so that, you know, I tried to like escape that and like go to college and I went to college three hours South and fucking, it was down by like Fort Campbell, but I forgot what the, it doesn't matter. And that was, like, enough of an escape. But it was also, like, too much of an escape because I, like, couldn't handle it. Like, I just didn't go to class because no one was telling me to go to class. It was, like, the natural consequence of if you don't go to class, you fail. And I was, like, and then what? And it was, like, oh, no, no. And then you get kicked off campus. And then what? What's the end then? Um, So I don't want to, like, blame it on this guy. But I found this guy. Or, like, didn't find this guy. This guy, like groomed me into dating him like constant massive texts every single night when I was finally just like yeah sure we can be together I don't care um spoiler alert he was moderately abusive okay Um, yeah sounds manipulative you know yeah oh my god so manipulative and like we went home to his parents and we went home to my parents and like one weekend we were at my mom's house and a recruiter came and knocked on it was like there were six inches of snow and we lived again we lived out in the middle of fucking nowhere and recruiters were going door to door and you know like my my grandpa was in the navy and i was just like oh i'm failing out of college my grandpa was in the navy um i'm in this really shitty relationship like yeah the military sounds like a great idea actually (laughs) um and like went and talked to a recruiter like the next day with this really shitty awful boyfriend um and like drove back down to college to like keep trying to go to college i don't know it was a very like transitional period and he was like if you go active duty we have to break up and i was like okay oh no what (laughs) like home slice we've been dating for a month it's not that serious um you already bought you a ring (laughs) oh no not him that was that was the next boyfriend before i left for boot camp um um, so that yeah. that explains why the navy. Um, so how yeah. did you pick your rate? Oh, um, it was the only thing available. <laughs> I so was, how was Meps for you? It was easy and awkward. 
like, yeah, this is the only thing that's available. It was Ao or Corman. And I was like, I will literally throw up. So, uh, but that was like when they like needed all the Corman. And then they were like, wait, now we have too many Corman. And now all the Corman are legal men. And I'm like, okay, have fun, you guys. Um, have fun with that shit. <laughs> yeah. What a weird, I don't know. I should have gone Corman. And then I'd maybe have like some applicable job skills, but. So like for me with MEPS, like it was like, of course, you know, you, you become part of like that, uh, the conveyor belt of men and yeah. uh, a doctor stares at your asshole and tells you that, yep, it's good. And then you <laughs> go off to these two really large, like super Karen white ladies who look your tattoos over and basically tell you what they don't like and what might fly. And like, oh, anyways, yeah. did you have a bunch of tattoos going into MEPS? Yeah, I had like I think like five. Oh. Yeah, I I, like, I got I, I started at sixteen at that point. <laughs> I started at sixteen and I just kept going and I still am. Uh, yeah. But yes. they offered me um, a bunch of jobs, but the fucking dude sold me on AO because he gave me the bullshit. Like it, you get to you're basically EOD. <laughs> You're basically EOD. Oh, my God. Well, so my thing was like, oh, I'm AO. I'm going to try out for, like, Naval Special Warfare or whatever. And it was like, no, girls can't do that. And I was like, yeah. okay, great. This sounds like the next best thing. And I was like, I G.I. Jane I is just a movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. And this was like, what, 2009, 2010? Like, yeah, no. I couldn't even so, run a, Like, I was a heavy smoker. I wasn't. So did you have to, like, uh a year or something like that because i had to wait like eight months i think no oh my gosh i have no idea when i went to meps like i have intentionally blocked out that part of my life um but yeah no i like dropped out of college at the end of the very so i graduated in 2009 um went to college that like first semester essentially so from like fall to winter winter moved home because i got dropped out slash kicked out um and then I went to boot camp in April. Like bingo, bango, done. I've had, I've I've met a couple people that have that that story, and it just I don't know. I think I was in the delayed entry program, and then they had like a an earlier slot for me, and eight months was what it was. So yeah, uh, there was um, one of my friends who I'd went to high school with, but like you know, no one you didn't really know anyone who was in depth until you went to the depth meetings. Um, but one of my friends, he was like, yeah, I'm a, I got 362 days from, or not from ASVAB, but like from MEPS to leaving for boot camp, And I was like, wow, I'll, I'll be gone in six weeks. Like that sucks, but he has That's a really cool job. Dude. So good for him. <laughs> Fucking, uh, how'd you do in boot camp? Great. Um, I'm an introvert. I don't talk to people. Do all the girls cry when they their first day at boot camp? Oh my god, I did. But okay, so because we were a 900 division, like our P days was like a week long. Yeah, like we had to really wait for people to get there. Whereas like with with rifle divisions, it was like no, you start today. It was like no, no, no. Mm -hmm. We we had like six P days or something stupid, and so like <laughs> it was so fucking. I cried myself to sleep. I, <laughs> like, I like purposely blocked out all the worst. <laughs> No, I just, and it was, like, getting out of religion at that part. Like, 
I I was raised in like the fundamental Baptist. So like some slight church trauma there too. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was like, I prayed every night just so I could fall asleep. And like, it was, I think I just needed like someone to talk to. And I was like, if I talk to the invisible man in the sky, I can fall asleep a lot easier. It's like, hmm. Maybe well, no, that doesn't sound bad. It just sounds like a coping skill that helped you exactly. through that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like, be if you take, it or if you feel take bad God out of it, it's just meditating. Like, yeah. So I cried every night. <laughs> I <prayed> every <laughs> night. But then it was like you get into the swing of things. And then I'm not sure if they did it for you guys, but they like assigned us our bunks. And it was like some people stayed in their original bunks that they had chosen and like everyone got moved around. I don't know. Um, I don't remember being assigned or choosing. I just remember that my rack mate was a was a cool guy and he wasn't smelly or anything, so I was pretty grateful. Yeah, like I'm still friends with my rack mate. Both of them, actually. Jesus Christ. I don't think I'm I don't think I can name well, I can name people, but I don't think I can like if I went on Facebook right now, I would be hard pressed to find anybody I knew from boot camp. Oh wow. Yeah, no. So my 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 rack mate actually ended up so she is from um Norco. It's I don't know, Nork Nork, I don't know what it's called. But so she came home on leave and like I drove up and visited her. And then she moved to Hawaii, got married, and then her and her wife moved to San Diego. And now I'm like really good friends with her wife. So we like hang out occasionally and it's pretty cool. Wow. All because of boot camp. Yeah, it's it's a very weird turn of events. Like I'm a lot okay, closer so... with her wife than her, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so now we get to the part where I think me, me and uh, you and I met uh, C school. We met in A school, home dog. Did we? We met in A school. Yeah. I don't. I never. A, I don't think. Okay. Class. Yeah. I, I got that all fucked up. Then we met in A school. I never went to C school. I yeah no I went to C school for like a week and then they were like what are you doing here my orders were very fucked up um like I was supposed to go to C school and they were like no no your orders say and this was like August I was like well your orders say report no later than December so are you just on leave and I was like I'm new here but I don't think that they're just gonna give me three months of free leave mm-hmm. like where am I supposed to go and this was you go to a school in Pensacola. I flew home, bought a car, drove to Jacksonville at NAS Jackson, which is where my C school was. I was um, in C school for hmm, what was it, like, babe? What are the helicopters called? Helos. <laughs> what C school is in Jacksonville? Sorry, my husband um, is hiding the house. I, I have no idea. Six. I never went to Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, so I went to school for 60s in Jacksonville for like a week and they're like but you're not in this class um so they literally just told me to drive to San Diego and show up at my command and that's what I did and I got there and my command was like you're not supposed to be here until December they like they also thought I was just on leave until December and I was like I don't know what's going on but they're just batting you around like a fucking ping pong ball yeah and they were like well we don't really have a spot for you at the command yet and I was like ah I literally get paid $200 every two weeks. Like, I'm not really sure. This isn't really my call to make. Like, I don't know. 
Yeah, but yeah, we met in A school. We were in the we were in the same class. We sat next to each other. Yeah, I know. I just I I forgot if it was A school or C school. Yeah, we had Sergeant Edge as our instructor, which sounds like the most fucking GI Joe doll (laughs) name. Like he that I heard his name and I was like, "There's no way he's not a human comic book." Yeah, but his first name is Tony, so it's like yeah, I know. (laughs) What's your name, Tony Edge? Like. All right, guy. He was funny as fuck, though. That dude made me laugh every day, and he made me feel better about, like, being in the military. Because, like, everybody else at A school was pretty much, like, stuck up. Like, they're all first classes who had their head up their ass. Um, Yeah, which is such, like, a... I feel like a weird differentiating, like, point between the Marines and the Navy is that, like, E5 is, like, a first class. Yeah. Or, like... Has, like, the the same, like, status. First class. Yeah, exactly. And it was like finding out that sergeants were E5s and, you know, first classes were E6s and like kind of like building that bridge in my brain. And you've been in the Navy for, you know, what, 10 weeks at this point? And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Ugh, so confusing. Yeah. I don't know. I think A school is such a weird time in the military because everybody who's like just at a boot camp and going there, like they feel like they're in the military now and they're not. They're and not they're also it's it's basically an extension of high school. Well, it doesn't help that we're all 18. You know, yeah. if you come in and you're like 22, it's like, oh. Like, it's just so weird. And like the, I don't want to say culture, like that's not the right word. But I remember how they would have like fleet returnees and they'd be like third classes. And it would just be like, <laughs> hey, guys, you have to listen to me. I'm a fleet returnee. And it's just like, mm, okay. There's like, there's <laughs> one guy I think that got like lumped into ao school or something and we were like "Ah, like you're a third class and i'm supposed to listen to you but also maybe just shut the fuck up like he was so annoying um but yeah so i was in foxtrot uh foxtrot barracks and uh we had a fucking um remember the from delta or next to delta i have no idea i think it was across but we had this guy who was like the head person of the fucking barracks and he was a third class my husband is also in the navy and was also aviation that's fucking (laughs) awesome like kind of relate he just keeps like looking at me and laughing it's funny (laughs) so this fucking guy was a he was an air um traffic controller and he was still in school but he had been there for so long i don't know what happened but he kept getting like cut and then he'd have to start over or something again or whatever and an everybody like... <laughs> i don't know but everybody was wearing the uh the blue nwus because that was like the mm-hmm. new thing mm-hmm. and this dude refused to change over he wore utilities he until i left yes. he was the that. only That's... fucking dude that was wearing utilities out of everybody there okay so in delta which is the barracks where i lived i lived on the very top floor um, and on the very bottom floor to the right, that was that was the air traffic controllers. Like they all wore that. I don't know why. No, no, no. They all lived there. They oh, were the okay. only men in Delta Barracks, and I'm not sure why you put all of these men into the only female like barrack, female Navy barracks at A school, and it's like. What? But also on the very top floor on the other wing of um, Delta was a restriction. And I was like, I don't... 
Is it just like the last rooms you had? Cause there's not that many women in the Navy in 2010. Like it was very strange. Firewatch was very interesting. I don't know. And then you had like master chief may as the fucking head of the school. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, I blocked that out, but yeah, sure. That basically just imagine <laughs> Ving Rhames, Ving Rhames, and like fucking Tony Stark mixed into one. That's that's what that dude was to the AO community. Basically, he was kind of a douche canoe to me. But um, once I met him in the fleet because he came to the George Washington like a little bit oh, after God. I got there, he actually was my LCPO for like a week, and he was really cool. He like made things. He gave me my blue card. Like, so that I could stay out past, like, midnight and shit. Oh, my God. And then they got rid of him because they got rid of him because he was trying to, like, restructure things to make it, like, good. But then they just sent him to security. Great. That's super helpful. I love when they try to do things in the Navy. I remember we were standing next to each other in formation one day. And this other, I think he was a Marine instructor came over. And he was, because you have that hinge tattoo on the inside of your elbow. Yeah, and he was like, "Did you just get that?" And you were like, "No, I've had it forever." And he like also had the same tattoo, and he like tried to give you shit for it. What I was the like, fuck? I don't. I, I vaguely remember that? remember that. I think he had a different colored one though. Mine is yeah, uh, yours is gold, and his was like gray base or something. Yeah. Don't let's ask be me honest. How mine I looks like this. Let's be honest. Mine isn't gold anymore. It looks like a fucking slice of Swiss cheese. Well, we're gingers things happen we don't believe in spf for like like i just started wearing sunscreen like i had a baby and was like oh oh sunscreen that's important so i don't know but yeah like my tattoos look like fucking dog shit it's i i remember feeling really bad um there was a chief there who came up to me while we were in formation uh for the ao school and i was trying to grow my first mustache ever oh honey yeah and he well the thing is when you joined the navy I was 19. Oh, okay. Yes. But the thing is, like, I had no business growing a mustache. Like, <laughs> I, it just, it's bad. It doesn't grow in the middle. I, it, it looks like Jon Snow. Like, did it come in like blonde? Because you're really, you're really fair skinned and redheaded. It, initially, yeah, I think it did. But like, I didn't even get like two days into trying to grow it before this chief walked up to me. He's like, Can you grow a fucking mustache? And I'm just like, I don't know. I've never tried. And he's just like, can you grow one? And I said, I don't know. I've never tried. Why do I feel like I remember that too now? I feel like they were just dicks to you. I don't know why, but like, I feel like no one liked, like none of the instructors liked you. <laughs> like in formation, you were always getting shit on. And I remember one time we, for me personally, we, cause we would wake up at like four in the morning to go PT for what? Yeah, that's right. For what? And then they, they are like, you need to go eat breakfast, shower, get your shit together, and be back in, like, two hours. And I was like, cool. So I'd, like, grab, you know, like, you're not allowed into the mess hall if you're sweaty. So they would have, like, a bowl of cereal waiting for you outside. And, like, I don't know how I lived on a bowl of cereal and a banana, but I did. Um, and But I was, like, kind of dehydrated from that run that morning because we did, like, a six-mile run. And I was still smoking, I don't know, a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. That's what's um, and I was just so fucking sweaty. And it was a female senior chief or chief. But she came up to me and she was like, why are you sweating? And I was like, ah. Uh, because, hold on. Oh, no. Shut the fuck up. Um, but 
it was after we had done for PT, like showered, everything changed, came back. And like, I was still sweating. <laughs> I don't know why. Like just sweating through my makeup. It was so bad. Because we're in fucking Florabama, dude. That's why. Oh my God. In a hangar bay. And you're in like this full fucking stupid ass uniform. But yeah, like, that's not smelter. breathable because they just came out no. with it. Oh God. Smeltzer. Why are you sweating? Um, I don't know, chief. I can't fucking Florida. I, that's, that's all you need She's to like, say. She was like, why don't you drink some fucking water? And I was like, uh, I chief, but like your information. So I was just like, I'm gonna just stand here and sweat and then go to the bathroom, wipe my face off and lay under a vent. I don't know. Leave me alone. So, um, you ended up going squadron, right? Yeah. I got stationed in San Diego at a squadron that no longer exists. Um, and I never left. So, yeah. like, what surprised you about it, like, uh, about your service? Like, what going into it, what was something you didn't expect? How, like, chill it actually is. Because I am a very, except for college. College was very weird. But, like, I'm a really big rule follower. Like, all through school, like, I just get, like, severe anxiety if we, if anything changed or, like, someone wasn't following the rules. I was like, great, we're all going to get in trouble. Fuck you. Um, yeah, because you like, get that blanket punishment for everything. God, everything. School in the South is not good. Um, but yeah, like joining the Navy was like, oh, if I just follow the rules, no one gives a shit. Like, you you show up at work without nail polish on your fingers and um, you read a book and then you watch someone fix something because you're not qualified to fix it yet. And then you're <laughs> Gucci. Like, you just you just follow the rules. That's it no one gives a fuck about anything it's that easy um until you don't follow the rules and then it's you know a cascade of bureaucratic bullshit but you can't break yeah i that's why i got kicked out (laughs) i didn't like it because of the politics i don't play politics very well i'm not good at sucking up i'm not good at uh i can be lazy too sometimes i mean i'm not all i mean i'm not a bad motherfucker when it comes to like you know i I don't know. I feel like I stand out, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was like my, my mom's biggest thing was like, <laughs> have you met yourself? Like, why are you joining the Navy? Like what you're going to join the military? Like you, like you free spirited person. Cause like, I mean, back, you know, growing, being 17 in Kentucky, you're full of internalized misogyny and like racism and homophobia and just like everything. They're trying to put and, you in this box too. Ex- well, and it was just like, I thought I was not out of, like, I thought I was different. And it's like, no, 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 you're still, you're still kind of a piece of garbage, even though, like, you think you're different. It was like, I'm not like the other girls. And it's like, no, no, you're like exactly all of them. But I was a little budding feminist because, like, you know, we grew up in church and it was like, well, the Bible says you can't wear pants. And I was like, that's fucking garbage. Pants exist. God gave us. But I look, but I look good in pants. (laughs) Like, literally. So it was just like the, like I started to rebel against like the church rules because the church became more and more conservative the longer we stayed there. Um, and I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not coming to church anymore. And then it was very much like, well, mom can't tell me what to do because my dad doesn't live here anymore. So I did start like rebelling and being like, fuck the system. But like, you know, we all rage against the machine at 17. We just don't know what the machine is. Um, yeah. I don't know how I got here, but that's where I am. And then think, you turn into, you turn 30 and you realize like, oh no, <laughs> social programs are good. Like, 
yeah. I, I kind of, I think I needed the military to teach me responsibility and like how to be a leader and how to follow. Um, Because before that I was just like, fuck you. I know everything because I'm 18, 19. Uh, But it also kind of taught me more about someone to tell me what to do all the time. Like I just, even now I'm like, I'm a stay at home mom. And I'm like, we just started homeschooling. Cause I'm like, I don't know what the fuck else to do. Like we're still kind of in COVID, but it's like, Oh, if we just follow this very light curriculum, I can get us through the day with feeling accomplished. <laughs> like I need to do something like, yeah, I don't know. I think also the military teaches you like more about other cultures yeah, because like being from Northwest Indiana, at least like where I where I grew up in in Chesterton, like there's not a lot of black people. There no. was like a couple Hispanic people, and like you come from like you know it's 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 fucking rural. It's a rural area, you know. Your my parents yeah. weren't exactly uh, culturally sound. No, um, God, my parents are. I mean, my mom is definitely. My dad is very. My dad is like from Appalachia like he was a coal miner like he moved north to work at DHL and like that was it like he bro- he reached his goal like he moved somewhere else to work at a major shipping company um, yeah. for my de- you know like Appalachia like big rednecks don't trust the government like my I would say my yeah has, and it's my also like Appalachia is a lot of abstract poverty too right Oh, so much part. I was actually just joking about that. Not like joking about that with my husband, but um, but like the Appalachia versus the South, like it is very different, very different. And like my dad has no, my dad has never said anything about politics, but like you kind of like reflect on the things that your parents have said growing up. And it's like, oh no, no, my, my mom is the racist conservative. And my dad is like a, hey, wait a minute. That's not right. Kind of a person. So I would say my dad is like, pretty libertarian like mm-hmm. he wants everyone to do what else, whatever they want but also like leave him out of it kind of a thing whereas my mom is like this country's going to hell in a handbasket and I'm like I just leave me alone yeah yeah we so, had two, two black people in our high school and they were brother and sister so coming back to that yeah. So, uh, being in the military, what did you love and what did you hate about it? I don't know if I loved any part of it. I guess I like I loved the freedom of, I guess, being forced to move to California. Like that's what I loved about it because my like my high school dream was like I'm gonna rocket my dog out of the window. Luna. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry about it. Just being a dog. She's, she's fine. Um, I joke that I'm gonna drive her to Elon Musk's house and pay him to fly her to the moon. Um, well. <laughs> but I think like in in high school, I was like, I'm just gonna move to California and I'm gonna survive. Like I'm just gonna live in my car. Like I'm not sure my goal was, but then you know, like you move to California and you get you fuck it up and you're handed a bunch of really shitty outcomes and surprise, you're just poor in someone else's house. I'd be like, well, at least I'm living my high school dream. <laughs> like, driving to work in my shitty 2003 Mazda 6 of, like, well, at least I'm surviving in California. Like, extremely toxic positivity, but it worked at the time. Hey, so, man, yeah, just, and you got, you got you where you are today, and, and hey, you're surviving, you know? Yeah, definitely surviving. 
So I mean, who were your role models in the military? Did you have anybody that you like looked up to or that you like took a lot of life advice from? I, yeah, my third class, she was amazing. And she was like the first person who I, she grew up in Oregon though. So she was like, not like liberal, but like more liberal than my family ever was. Um, my, sorry, I have an eyelash falling into my eye. I can feel it. I can't do anything about it. Um, okay, so take your take your eyelid and then uh, like pull it forward and then well, over your bottom eyelid and then let it go. Plot twist: I have l- lash extensions. So I can't okay, that's lashes. okay. Not good. Um, yeah, no, but she was like the first person who like I didn't know what the word empathy was until I was an adult. Like, literally, had no idea, and she was the first person who actually like showed emotion. And, like, showed that it was, like, okay to have emotions. And, like, you know, she was having, like, a bunch of, like, family problems and, like, had to drive up to Oregon almost, like, every weekend sometimes. But you can fucking do that from San Diego. Um, Mm -hmm. But she, like, she was my third class. So it was literally her job to take me under her wing. But, like, she was, like, listen, we are both, both blonde, skinny, attractive women. And we need to, like, show them that we can do this job in the Navy. And I was, like, you know, just, like, f- loading magazines in the armory. Just, like, yeah, fuck, fuck the system. Like, fuck. I'm part of this system. <laughs> fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, and she was, like, listen. We have, you know, just, like, hands covered in lead at this point. She was, like, we have to be, like, she was, like, we don't have to be better than them. But we have to be the best versions of ourselves. Like, we have to constantly be learning and constantly be growing and, you know, just open to criticism, but take no shit kind of a thing. And she was so helpful and like, didn't judge me for like any question that I had. Like I, you know, growing up, my mom is narcissistic and like, but also was like a single parent for a little while. And there's just like a lot of life skills that I didn't learn. She was like, no, 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 friend. Like, this is what happens when your car runs out of gas because I was, again, still broke in another state. But she was just like, not a mom because she was not that old, but like, you know, the older sister that's like, hey, friend, this is how you do X, Y, and Z. Also, fuck the patriarchy. We're going to be good at our jobs and we're going to prove that it can be done with style and class and you can still have emotions about it. And it was just, she's amazing. And even now, like, she's out also. Um, and she'll message me every now and then. Like, she'll see my, my posts and be like, like, she's a massage therapist and I have TMJ. And she messaged me and she was like, sorry, we haven't talked in forever. Here's a, like a minute long video of me showing you how to relax your jaw. And I was like, <laughs> yes, bitch. Just Thank trying you. to take care like, of you still. Yeah. Like she was super cool. And my second class was super cool, but you could tell she was from the South. So I kind of like tried to distance myself from her. Like it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just like, no, no, I I'm not one of I you. I don't want to be your friend. Yeah, I don't want to be associated with you. Bye. But yeah, other than that, like. When I found other people from Indiana in the service, like, I remember my LPO, Clausen, he was, Clawson. he's from, yeah, I'm from Northwest <laughs> Indiana and he's from like Southeast Indiana. So we're from the exact opposite corners. But so he's like, from, like he the would, Louisville area? Uh, kind of, sort of, yeah. Um, <laughs> But he would always call me Hoosier and like he would like say Indiana shit that I would be like, fuck yeah about. And uh, <laughs> it was just always a treat to find other people from like Indiana. So um, 
So why did you get out? Um, ecstasy. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting you to be that forthright with it, but all right. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, all the important people who need to know, need to know. I don't care. Um, I, so the, it was literally the very first weekend that I checked into my command. Cause it was again, like the, Oh, you're supposed to be on leave. We're not sure what's happening. Why are you here? And I was like, I can just go fuck myself. Um, and it was another third class in my shop because traditionally, maybe not like traditionally, but usually when you are a new airman and you check into a squadron, you go to what's called the line shack, which is like where you do like basic duties of the birds to like keep them functioning. Um, but they didn't have room for me in the line shack and they needed a body in the shop. So I just went to the shop instead. So I went to the AO shop. Um, and it was just this other third class was like, Oh, you're new here. Like, you know, and I was like very skinny, like tradition or like society. So Jesus Christ, socially pretty, I guess, or like societally pretty. You have the word that I do not have right now, but um like skinny tall and blonde like not who i am you were still highly socially acceptable thank you like what society deems is pretty and it was 2010 so you know like the big chunky necklaces like it was so bad um and he was like oh yeah i'm having a party tonight and i was like okay cool he's like well do you want to come and i was like straight out of boot camp and this is a this is a third class and i was like isn't that fraternization and he was like (laughs) no literally no one no nerd (laughs) it was literally like um no a bunch of people from work are coming and i was like oh party yeah like sure whatever um and then like the my other third class who i just was telling you about she warned me and she was like i don't know dude i wouldn't go to that party and i was like it's my first weekend in san diego like i don't know i just want to like go have fun and like you know meet some friends from work and she was like you don't really like have friends from work in the Navy. And I was like, whatever. I was just, I had just finished working at McDonald's. Like we, we were yeah. all friends at McDonald's. Like, like that's the shit that like no one prepares you for. You can like literally be working cash register at McDonald's. And then the next week, like be in the Navy and like, you're supposed to understand how it works. And it's just like, and be an adult. Yeah. Stop preying on teenagers who have no idea how this shit works. Like, ugh. and that's the thing. It's not just like, shitty third classes it's like fucking chiefs and shitty first married men sexual assaults keep putting pushed under the rug until like recently like now the navy cares about sexual assault like i don't know one of my i remember a chief who was like a real goober like even the other chiefs didn't respect him yeah he was just he was just a real fucking idiot and he would go out to um the roach coach outside on the on the on the uh the dock yeah and he would get her food this chick in my magazine and he would come to the magazine and then drop it down the fucking the uh the hole to fucking give to her because i don't know they probably had a sexual relationship but yeah it was not cool at all (laughs) like oh my gosh there's this one time um this really super cool the ncc the navy career counselor chief like he needed a ride to something like I don't know. It was very weird, and I was like, "Chief, I don't know if I can give you a ride." And he was like, "He was like, I he was like, I get it. Like I'm the Navy career counselor. Like I get it." He was like, "But can you please give me a ride to the next if you're going because this car was broken down or something?" And like, my barracks were right next to the mini next, 
And then I was on watch like two or three days later and he brought me a Red Bull. And I was like, um, I don't know if I can accept this. And he was like, there's a second class on watch with you. He was like, he knows nothing's happening. It's just a Red Bull. You can have it. And I was like, but what is this for? Like freaking out. And he was like, it's because you helped me. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like I'd never trauma response, you know, I'm not used to like getting things in return. Like very weird. So much trauma. Oh, a little baby Jenna Ray was just surviving. But yeah. So that so first week. Ecstasy. Yeah. I went to this guy's party and there's literally a bunch of people from work. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. This is just, this is just what people in the Navy do. Like they just, and it was like, you know, like all the single, like third classes and airmen and below, like just go into this guy's, what are they called? Like luxury apartment and like just partying. And there was like this super quiet guy, quiet guy from work who was just like really talkative and like really ha- not, not like handsy, but like out there and like touching things. And do you, do you need anything? Do you need anything? Like little, just like mile a minute. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like my, my roommate came with me because you know, security blanket. Oh no. She also worked there. Oh my God. It just keeps getting better. So my roommate at the time worked in the line shack at my squadron. And I was like, yo, like what's up with him? And he was like, oh, I'm rolling. And I was like, what? And he was like, wait, I don't know if I should tell you you're new. I was like, what does that mean? Like, I don't, I don't think like, <laughs> or I don't think our smartphones had like Google. You could just like internet access things at that point. And I was just like, I guess you could. But I was like, what does that mean? But you didn't think to do it and you don't want to seem like you're not hip. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not a fucking snitch. Like, all right, whatever. And then I went and asked like the, you know, the host to my coworker. And I was like, so-and-so said they're rolling. Like, what does that mean? And he was like, oh, don't tell anyone. But like, I got Molly for everyone. And I was like, sweet, quick question. Also, what's Molly? (laughs) and he was like oh it's like ecstasy but like with a different base and I was like wow this is terrifying like we're in the navy we can't do this but like didn't have like a big freak out about it and I just like you know I was 19 they were just giving me alcohol so I just got like blackout drunk and I was like party sweet like whatever um and then like the next weekend we all went back over there and that's when I was like yeah no like whatever give me some I don't care except that Monday was my in-doc analysis where, you know, like they drug test you after you get off leave mm-hmm. and I obviously popped positive and it was just all downhill from there. I got informally arrested by NCIS. Like it was very super awkward. The, was it like M yeah. Mastered arm. Oh, so, so an MA, MA one Hernandez. I love him. Um, we're still friends on Facebook. He like came down to find me in the shop and he's like, Hey, can I talk to you for a second? I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, uh, listen. <laughs> well, he just like came out and he was like, just, he was like, well, grab a cigarette. Let's go to the smoke pit. And I was like, all right, cool. Whatever. And he was like, so, um, I had, he was like, don't tell anyone. Don't freak out. I had to take you to NCIS. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, I knew, I knew, I knew I was going to fail my drug test. Like I knew this. You would have been anticipating it, yeah. Oh my god, I was just so anxious. Like texting my like the coworker who gave me the drugs. I was like, I was like, hey, I'm getting I have your analysis, and he was like, what do you mean? We didn't have your analysis today, and I was like, no, no, my in doc your analysis, and it was just like, 
how to pee 17 times in one hour to get drugs out of your system. But they were like synthetic <laughs> drugs and it's supposed to be gone in three days. And it was just obviously when you black out on ecstasy and remind yourself to breathe, um, they're not going to be out of your system in two days. Just fun fact. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the MA, he was like, um, so just like whenever you're done, like, you know, just grab your stuff, be super casual about it. Um, we're going to take the, the duty van and we're just going to drive over because I was on North Island. So we had to go to Naval Base San Diego wet side, which was like 10 minutes away, not on the island. Um, and he was like, yeah, and they're just going to ask you some questions. And then I got, you know, informally arrested. And he was like, it was like the good cop, bad cop. Like, who gave you the drugs? Blah, 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 blah. And it was just very whatever. And I went to MAST a couple of weeks later. And it was like, you can, what was, what were my options? Oh, they were like, you can go to restriction and stay in your barracks in San Diego and only serve like 30 days restriction or something. No, or do, I don't fucking, I think it was 45 days in San Diego in your own barracks going to like a TAD unit to go to work. Or you can go up to Lemoore to go to like official restriction and serve 30 days, but keep your event, your benefits like your VA benefits. Yeah. And I was 19, like living in like complete anxiety. Everyone hated me, you know, like freaking out. They all know I do drugs now. I'm all, I'm getting kicked out. Um, and then, you know, like surprise, there was a command wide urinalysis um, like that week and like a bunch of people that I worked with also ended up popping positive and it was like this huge thing like it was ugh. like so of course everyone thought that I was the catalyst for this and it was like so it's basically like that that it's basically that montage from Goodfellas where like I everybody starts like Goodfellas, but yeah. oh my god I live under a rock still to this day you really do you need to watch it you'll understand when you see it <laughs> Yeah. It was just, oh, it was man. just all bad. All I bad. can't imagine like how much like anxiety you must've like, had about that. Oh my God. I just completely separated myself from the command. I didn't, I started working barrack support ironically, which is for like limb do people. Um, and I worked, yeah, I worked barrack support the entire time I was on restriction. Like, but it was like literally like this first class was in charge of us. And she, oh my God, she commuted from Temecula every day. So she would get to work at like, like 10 o'clock in the morning. So we would have like, cause this was her shore duty and like, no one was like watching her cause her job was to come to the barracks and like sit in the office all day. You just set your own hours kind of thing. So it was like, oh, you wake up, you go to the bowling alley, you grab biscuits and gravy, you come back, like you go to work, you ch change out two light bulbs and like. You're working with a guy who just had like a massive knee surgery and like someone who is, you know, three months pregnant. Like it's not a very hard job. Like yeah. you're just waiting to get kicked out at that point. Um but I remember So how was, was sitting, oh go in, ahead. I remember sitting like in the barrack support like living room, like office space area and watching the it was in Japan, the like was it like a nuclear reactor or something? So that was the Fukushima earthquake. Oh, um, yeah. There, so there was an earthquake, and then that caused a tsunami, which flooded out the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear plant. Ugh. And yeah, I was I was there for all that shit. Yeah, and weren't you guys wearing... Didn't you guys have, like, 
radiation monitors like on your like float coats and shit just like um only the people that only the people that were like outside having to clean the skin of the ship while we were like leaving and stuff because we were initially we were heading up there to like help out and we did help out a little bit but then like they were just like wait this nuclear plant is about to fucking go off so we need you to leave yeah but it it ended up you know it was it was a bit pretty big tragedy but it's you know it, it happened how it happened um yeah that's yeah, crazy that it, you saw it on TV, though. I mean, it, that's not crazy, but it is. Well, it was like, the you know, being like 19 and being like, oh, this is 9-11 all over again. It was like a nuclear reactor. And, and I think you knew I was there, there too. Well, yeah, because we all like got sent to our commands at the same time. But I was just like, I have friends. Yeah. It was you and like, I think it's like Nick or something. I don't remember what his no, name No, there was that tall girl. That tall girl, she's blonde. She's missing a finger. Oh, you have really lost me. I have no idea. She was in our class. Honey, I hung up with Marie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I forgot. Yeah. It was bad. (laughs) I was also a very big part of my slut times. Like, I was fully... (laughs) It was Hot Girl Summer 2010, baby. Get with it. And then we got chlamydia. The end. Yeah. When you finally got out, how was your transition back to civilian life? <laughs> all right. All right. That's. Um, I got married to my then boyfriend. And that was like, I don't think as an adult, you call them contract marriages. But like, contract like, no, marriage. Right. Do you remember that? Like that wasn't a thing, but everyone like made it seem like it was a thing. So <laughs> let's see. I was, I started dating this guy and like, I think December. I don't even know. Uh, excuse me. And like was like very open with him. Like, yeah, I'm about to get kicked out of the Navy. So like, I understand if you don't want to date me. And he was like, <laughs> recovering drug addict came, came in on a drug waiver. And he was like, I don't, I don't care. Like you're a good person. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Together. We make it halfway to a decent person. <laughs> yeah. Together. Well, his, his story is also very fucked up and he can go fuck himself. Um, but yeah, we got married in like April because that's when I got kicked out, and we drove to Vegas that weekend. Like I, I was living in, and in, so in San Diego, it's called the Beacon, and it's it's like a halfway between like the barracks and like actual housing. It's single sailor apartments that you you pay BAH for, um, and you have a roommate. And, like, I was put there as, like, part of my, like, limb do thing so I could, like, be away from everyone in my command and I wouldn't have to see anyone I worked with at the barracks. Um, And I was living there and, like, there was a Navy Federal in the very bottom of the beacon. And he, like, came up seriously like, a, a personal loan of $500. He was like, pack your bags. We're going to Vegas. So, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I literally had to pack a personal loan of $500. <laughs> It was so bad. It was so bad. You know, because he was like, what, 20 at the time? Oh, no, Jesus he was 21. Christ. And that's how we gambled in Vegas because he was 21 and he would just hand me chips and no one fucking cares because it's Vegas. Why would I, why do I feel like being 20 is worse than being 18? <laughs> oh my God. It really, yeah. Because you have the agency of like being considered. <laughs> An adult, you I guess. You should know right and wrong at this point, but you still also don't fucking care. You really don't. It was so bad. 
yeah. So literally had to pack my bags because I was getting kicked out of the Navy. Um, and we like him, me, it was me, him and his best friend. Cause my best friend had duty that weekend. So she couldn't come with us all drove to Vegas. Um, tried to get married, but we couldn't because he had scratched the year off of his ID like the military ID, because it's just like it's not laminated like a driver's license is. It's just printed on there essentially, and he yeah. like blamed it on his wallet, rubbing it off. Um, but he he had rubbed off, like if he was born in like 1981, he like rubbed off the 81 part of it, so he could like say that he was 21, and waiters and waitresses would just believe him and serve him alcohol. But when you're trying to get a marriage license, that wait, don't you mean 91? I don't know. That was just like an example. I oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we that didn't end up happening. So we drove back to Hope. Oh, like he made it his like life's mission to stay up and gamble all night and make back the $500 loan. And he did. Like he really did. <laughs> but I was angry because I had like lost my boyfriend in Vegas and he's just like drunk gambling places not answering his phone like nothing so i'm just like sitting in a hotel room in vegas like this is this is quickly becoming a, a very <laughs> this is quickly turning into a fucking uh a sad movie <laughs> yeah it's it's just so much i don't know but yeah he made back the, the personal loan at 500 and you know we went to the courthouse and got married the old-fashioned way and moved into an apartment in Bonita, California, which was, I don't fucking know how, but it was like $600 a month. What and like, fuck? I know, I know. We had one parking spot. It was 500 square feet, um, like a laundry room. So no washer dryer in unit, but it was like $600. And I don't, I don't, I don't know how even like the, the cheapest, crummiest apartments would go for like 1400 at the time and even now and it's just like i don't know how but yeah i got married so i wouldn't have to leave san diego and he was in the navy so he kept going to work every day but um surprise he was also controlling and abusive so i like wasn't allowed to go to work like there was a mcdonald's within walking distance from our house and i had two years of experience at mcdonald's and i was like well at this point a job's a job like yeah you you can have a wife who works in McDonald's. Like, that's fine. And he was like, no, I'm in the Navy. I can't have my wife working at McDonald's. It's going to reflect bad- badly on me. And I was like, let me, me remind you that, like, this is not a real marriage, homie. Like, we're just <laughs> we're just dating and we happen to get married. And he was like, yeah, but now we're married. And I was like, cool. So I had no access to his bank account. I didn't have it. I wasn't allowed to get the job that I knew I could get. Um I didn't have any real like interviewing skills because I never had a real job before. So I didn't have a job for like an entire year. My car was broken down, like had no way to fix my car. It was just so bad. I, so I had bad. something a, a little bit similar when I got out. Um, when I got out, I, I didn't have a job for like a year either. Um, I was just uh, going to school and I was like, I'll just live off the GI Bill. And it wasn't that simple. I lived basically in like, abstract poverty for a little while like um thank god my my, my grandpa helped me with like uh, an apartment but like living well, I mean, and like, paying my own bills like i was not able to take care of myself at all no and it's just like <laughs> the military like kind of takes care of its own by the fact that like you don't you just you get paid and then you you get paid 
I mean, depending on your rank, you get paid more than what you need. If you're, you know, a single E5, no kids, mm-hmm. you're going to make more money than what you need. But if, you know, you're like E3, E4, you literally need food stamps and like WIC assistance to just like live your life. Yeah. And so you like get out and you're like, fuck, I'm still broke. This is, and now you're just broke without guidance again. You're like, no, I'm, I'm tired of being poor. I was old poor and then I made money and now I'm new poor. Like, yeah. New poor. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't know. You don't I, know I distinctly, do. I distinctly remember um, when I got out and I was living in, in, in my apartment. Um, I remember I, I broke uh, a bottle of hot sauce in like the oh, corner no. of, in like the corner of my living room. And I, I just, I remember looking at it and then like, I thought to myself, like, I don't know why, but like, I didn't clean it up. And then like, that was just a part of my apartment. That was just a part of my apartment. I didn't go near anymore. Yeah. And I just remember thinking to myself, if I was in the Navy, like none of this would be happening. Like I, someone would have yelled at me to clean this up by now or, or something. Like right, I just, then it's also like that, like freedom or like rebellion to be like, well, no one's going to check on me. So why do I need to clean this up now? Exactly. Yeah. It, and it's, it's like, I, I miss the of... structure. That's what I remember missing the most from it. And right. then like, yeah. And then I, I, I become this monster where who, who doesn't take care of anything because no one's going to check on me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not like undoing some of that now, but my, my son is three and I had like some really terrible, um, like prenatal and postpartum depression and like really intrusive thoughts while I was pregnant and like a new mom and you just kind of like live in that depression and anxiety for a while and now I'm like as long as my house is safe and functional does it necessarily have to be clean like you you are allowed to be a messy person as long as there's no food left out and your house is somewhat organized mm-hmm. like you make sure your house is not dirty so you know, your kid yeah, I'm I'm so much better about play. it now. And it's just like, is your house functional right now? Like one of my really good friends is she she is a messy person, and she was like, "There's nothing wrong with being messy." And I was like, "No, there's not." And then I went over the other day, and she was like, "My house is so bad." And I was like, "Well, you said you're a messy person. Is it functional?" And she was like, "Not like this." And I was like, "Okay, let's make it <laughs> functional. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. Your house has to work for you, and that's and it. I like." When I became a safe, like it's not, it doesn't have to be picture perfect every single fucking night. Like, and I I can relate to that through my job because once I started like being a social worker that like goes out into the field and like into other people's homes. Yeah. I didn't want to be like, so your house doesn't, your house is clean enough. So CPS doesn't take away your kids. Cause that was, well, no, like I, I I do hospice. So like I would go to other like people's houses and um, basically I'd see what real, dirty um living situations look like and i'm like i'm nowhere near the edge i'm i'm fine (laughs) i'm fine i'm fine i'm actually fine this is fine yeah (laughs) yeah but it's like as long as your house works for you like no one's telling you how to do it does your house work for you yeah if not let's come up with a system to fix it and then like safe and functional baby like no one cares no one cares the Navy is okay. a bunch of made-up rules that no one is upholding, but we're all upholding at the same time, and no one knows why. Like, So, last question. Um, what did you get out of it? More trauma. 
anxiety, <laughs> um, the f- fucked up coping skills. Like I'm not, I, I don't know. Um, well, okay. Silver lining. I live, I still live in San Diego. Um, San Diego is considered like my home now. Like I don't have a home in Kentucky because my mom moved to Indiana. My dad lives in way Southern Kentucky now. So it's like, I've been here for almost 11 years, say for two years in Washington. And it's just like San Diego's home. Like I know, I know the places here. I don't know every place here because it's still so massive, but it's just like, this is my safe space. And after I left my first husband, um, my, one of my friends from a school was working at her command and through her, I met my real husband. So that's, <laughs> so that's nice. Um, I got a real relationship and we are both undoing like some awful traumas from our lives. And we're, <laughs> well, now I know what you mean when everyone's having problems with it. I just looked yeah. down and was like, oh, oh, okay. I don't need to make an account. Yeah. So um, the last thing I heard you say was uh, trauma. <laughs> this is what you got from it. From the Navy? Mm-hmm. So, like, what did you get out of it, like, that was a positive? Okay. I talked for, like, five more minutes after that. I'm so sorry. I'm so fucking <laughs> no, sorry. It's just how, like, ugh, my fucking, I don't know. I just don't pay attention to other people when I'm talking, and it's very bad. And I'm pretty sure I have ADHD, but I'm just not sure. Um, I accept you as you are. Thank you very much. Um, so, positive spin. I, after I left my fake husband because you know he was super controlling and abusive and other ways not like physically but it doesn't matter um I moved in with one of my friends from a school and she was working at her command but she was living in like the single sailor housing that I was talking about earlier um so I was literally just like sleeping on her couch because I didn't want to be with that my boyfriend anymore. Um, but through her, I met my real husband and they were co-workers and I went to a house party, but like a normal house party where you just play beer pong, you know. And you don't do ecstasy, yeah. You don't do ecstasy, <laughs> you just play beer pong and get drunk with people. But I was like out of the Navy and I had like super cool tattoos at this point and Leave me alone, babe. My my tattoos were super cool. Um, yeah, I met my my real husband playing beer pong. And let me tell you, like <laughs> seeing you and him on like Facebook and fucking uh, Instagram all the time, it warms my heart. Like you guys mm. look fucking happy all the time, and your we son, really, like we really, fucking, really are. Like your your son literally looks like like. Apollo like he looks like what I would think a, a baby god looks like oh it's his it's his little, little golden curls yes it's his butt chin and his bright curly hair like I have no idea who he looks like he looks like both of us simultaneously at the same time but then like neither of us like growing a human is so fucking weird but yeah I'm my real husband and we're we're a really good couple like we're just like a not to brag but like I think we're a power couple like we don't fight like we fit really well together like we're same page parenting like which is I'm you know I believe in like gentle parenting attachment parenting 
all that good stuff. And my husband does as well. And I feel like that is rare to find someone in the Navy who is in one in the Navy and like not a conservative <laughs> fuckhead. You know what I mean though? Like, I know exactly what the fuck you mean. Like, it's just like a relief that like, but I think like when we met him, we were, I mean, it was still, again, I was like undoing that church trauma and like, he was hardcore atheist when I met him. Um, and surprise, surprise has brought me to the dark side of atheism. Um, and I just, it's very a relief that I was able to meet someone open-minded in the Navy. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't fucking know how, but yeah, who believes well, again, in, I, who believes in I, I've psychology? seen you grow since 2010 and I, I've yeah. like, yeah. So I'm, I, I think you're in a really good place and I think Thank that you've, you. you've risen above a lot of shit. I think we both have. And I, I feel I, like yeah. that's where, I feel I like that's just... where we've always connected as friends is we, we both have that like uh, rural kid attitude yeah. And both have that like trauma shit. Um, Heavy, and we yeah. Rise above things, so. Yeah, I'm like very embarrassed of who I was as a person then. I I think we all were. <laughs> but I was, but I'm like, I, but I think I was, but I think I'm more embarrassed than usual of who I was then, and like the shit that I said, and like just the shit that I believed then, and it's just like, I am friends with. So after I got out of the navy, I started working at um a local Montessori style um, elementary school here. And I am friends with one person from that school still, because our boys are the same age. And I am like embarrassed that she knew me and was my friend then and still chooses to be my friend now. <laughs> and it's just like, how do you, how did you choose to be? Why do you, why are you still my friend? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's very, humbling i guess but also like man i hope you don't ever have any recovered memory of me ever like <laughs> please dear god you know <sighs> i am so happy that you uh agreed to do this like thank you because uh, i i've i was thinking about asking other people that i know that had not finished out their terms um because it's a thing that happens all the time in the service and oh i god. think it's a story that's never told well, it's like after, I mean, like I didn't really like post on Facebook or anything that I was getting out. Of it was just not. kind of like yeah. organically of like, oh, I got this job at this school instead now. It's like giant hippie school. Um, but then it was like people out of the woodwork were like, hey, you haven't been in for four years yet. Why did you get out? And if it was like, like someone from boot camp messaged me and like someone else from a school messaged me and like, you know, like two other people. And I was like, oh, like depending on like my comfortability in the relationship, I'd be like, oh, well, I was you know, I had an admin set because of migraines or I had an, an admin set because I did drugs, just depending on the person. And mm -hmm. it was like a couple people were like, oh, yeah, like I got oh spice. Do you remember spice, the fake weed? Oh, my God. That was everywhere. Oh every fucking way. <laughs> no one does it anymore. Like, oh, that was so big in Pensacola, though. But one of yeah. the one of the my girl, well, the girls from boot camp messaged me and she was like, hey, I'm getting kicked off for drugs, too. Like. <laughs> or not like two, but like, hey, I'm getting kicked out for spice. Like, what are you getting kicked out for? And then someone else was like, yeah, like someone said I sexually assaulted them, but I didn't. But the Navy is cracking down on these things and I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to take the L and get out. And I was like, wow, that is really profound. Like, 
fuck like good for you i don't i don't know but i don't want to say good for you because you know i am part of the me too movement as well and it's just i don't know but like there's people coming out of the woodwork like hey you haven't been in for four years what's your story and it was literally like Mm -hmm. five or six people like yeah me too like just no one talks about it and is oh i don't know i don't know we're in we're in a better place now (laughs) heaven yes we're in a better place (laughs) well hey thank you so much for doing this i appreciate you telling your story um yeah thank you for Uh, letting me ramble for an hour and a half yeah (laughs) that's okay i do it too (laughs) all right well i'll talk to you later man you too have a good night you too okay bye later